podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Coulees. Welcome to Barca Talk. I am your host, Troy Kadat. We are back. It's August. Barca's preseason has kicked off. Here we are. Lots of stuff happening. Today, we're going to talk about the little man, Fermin Lopez. And we'll get an update on what the heck is happening with Usman Dembele today. But before we get into those topics, here's a quick word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com slash Barca now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com slash Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. Okay, everybody, Fermin Lopez. You all saw him, or hopefully you got to see him play in El Clasico. Came on in the second half, and probably most of you, if not all of you, were probably like, where the hell did this kid come from? Well, let me give you a little bit of background about him and uh, and share the excitement that I have for, for, the, for the little guy. And speaking of little guy... This is going to be the story about him. And let me just kick this off by saying, for, before I give you the background on him, you know, Furman is the type of player that I absolutely love. He is the type of player that I always look for, that I always root for when I'm buying kits, when I'm buying jerseys, when I'm, you know, uh, rooting for players in person or, you know, in my living room or wherever when I'm watching a game. He is the player. I think all of you know that Gavi was has been my favorite. Obviously, there's been others on the team as well. Araujo is my favorite. But those are the types of players that I absolutely love. And let me tell you why and how Fermin Lopez you know, got to the first team here for the preseason and got time on the field. Joined La Masia, uh, I believe it was 2016 I believe that was the year he would have been 12 from Betis, same place that Gavi came from. Now, when he came here, he played with Gavi, played with Balde. So obviously he has uh, friends on the first team, but was always a little guy. He was always, this. it seemed like to me, if you had ever watched any games, and I haven't watched a ton of his games, right? So, and I'll kind of explain why, but I have seen him play uh, on YouTube or when I was watching on Barca TV. Um, but he always seemed to be the smallest player on the pitch. 
And uh, that led to, obviously, he went up through the ranks from when he joined, just like Gavi, just like Balde did. And there, the time came for him to go to Barca B, but the decision was made that he wasn't good enough. He was too little and wasn't good enough, and so he was shipped off on loan. So he played last season on a third division team, Linares, who I believe... I'd have to look this up, uh, but I believe Barca B actually played them, uh, and they were a pretty decent team. I think we, I think maybe we played them twice. I'll have to look this up maybe for the next episode. But, uh, but he balled out. He balled out last season. One of the best players in the third division. Nineteen games in nineteen games, he scored eleven goals and two assists. So he played well there. Obviously, that's third division Spanish league uh, so it's much different than playing on the first team but uh, obviously came back from that loan you know decision needed to be made as decisions have been uh, being made on many players at this time especially in the youth system and I'll cover that on maybe the next episode uh, or maybe in two weeks when the dust has settled some more and we have a you know solid Barca B and, and all the youth teams are decided upon but Decision needed to be made on him, and one way or another, I don't know the intimate details on this, but one one way or another, Chavi saw him, or maybe all the players came, they just pulled a big group of them, and he just really stood out from, you know, a lot of the other players that, you know, that were called up from Barca B or from the, from the youth teams, and Chavi saw him and he separated himself because of his intensity and because of his abilities. Now, he's always been a talented player. He can play with both feet. Pretty, pretty good, too. Like that goal, if you saw it and if you haven't seen it, you must check it out on YouTube. That banger that he scored against Real Madrid was his left foot. His right foot is his stronger foot. So that was his weaker foot that he scored that banger on. Absolutely beautiful goal as well. Uh, but so he can use both feet. You see him, right? He's running around like crazy out there. He's definitely has the intensity level, but he and he's always somewhat had that, but his time away really, really, for whatever reason, and I'd love to find out why, and maybe someday I will, and maybe this is something that I'll dig into, but his time away, you know, really amped that up, right? Like he probably had to make a decision, right? Uh, Barca's been his dream. He, he even said this, you know, after the game, like, I'm living the dream right now. Like, you could physically see him, you know, being emotional on the pitch after he scored that goal, after he balled out for us. But you have players like him who, uh, and this is why I love him, he's always had to fight for what he's got, right? Always smaller player, technical and talented, yes, but always smaller, playing against bigger kids. And you know how it is in sports today, and especially football slash soccer. You know, they're, we're looking at athletic people, you know, more so now than ever. And it seems to be more and more like that every single year where it's a game less of your mind and more of your athletic abilities. But this kid had to fight for to get here, right? He is not one of those players like an Ansu, like a like a Lamine Yamal, who you know is just so talented that Barca's laying down the red carpet for them because they want to do everything they can to make sure that he doesn't leave. 
this kid has had to fight for what he's gotten. And so something obviously happened when he went on loan. Probably, and I'm guessing, these are these are my these are my um, guesses. These, I'm not basing this on any information. This is just me putting myself in his shoes. Probably broke his heart when he had to go out on loan, right? Being told you're too small. We're not sure if there's an opportunity for you. In his mind, that opportunity, that dream of playing for the first team at Barcelona was probably closing and closing in pretty fast, right? So he probably had to make a decision. What am I going to do? Am I going to fold? Am I going to say that my career's done, take this loan, go do whatever, and then look for another opportunity? Or am I going to fight like hell? Am I am I not going to give up on this dream? And I'm going to fight for it. And in order to do that, I probably have to change my game a little bit, right? And maybe that's how that intensity, you know, was created. Now, again, third division Spain, that's not all kids, right? There's third division teams in Spain that are full-grown men, you know, mid middle 20s, late 20s, early 30s, right? So a little guy going on loan on a third division team where the play there is much more physical than it is in the first team, of course, helped him make that decision, right? I must be more physical. I must play with intensity. I must make an impact. I have the talent. I can play with both feet. I can score. I can assist. I know I know the Barca style. And so it was fantastic to see a kid like him come back and take his opportunity by the horns and run with it. And then while I'm sitting there watching that El Clasico, I'm thinking there's other players on this team that need to take a look at Fermin Lopez right now and say, that's what I should be doing. And I'm pointing the finger right at Ansu Fati. Ansu Fati says, I want, I want Barca. I want, you know, this has been my home. You know, I've come from La Masia, just like, you know, Gavi and Balde and, and Furman. You know, same exact setup. But I don't see the kid fighting for it. I don't see him fighting for it. You know, perhaps he does need to go on loan. Because a lot of times when we send our players out on loan, something happens to them. For the most part, they come back as a different person, a different player. And I don't think it's that they went and grew at the at the club that they went and played for. I just think that they had to make that decision. Am I going to give up my dream or not? Where the I mentioned earlier, the red carpet's been rolled out for players like Ansu, Lamine, Yamal, you know, kids like that that are come from, from the academy because they are so talented. And sometimes when that dream is, you know, almost taken away from you, you make that decision to fight. And so we'll see what happens. But Fermin Lopez, now, is he going to stay with the first team? I don't know. Okay. Chavi did make comments saying he's not going out on loan. He will have time with the first team. Now, does that mean that he'll play for Barca B and be called up? Or does that mean that he's got a solid position on on the first team? I don't know yet. I don't think anybody knows that. Maybe Chavi knows that in his mind. We'll have to wait and see what happens here. Is Barca missing that little guy in that number 10 position uh, that can make things happen? If you know what I'm talking about, they absolutely are. So is there opportunity for him to be on this team? There absolutely is. But again, I'm not the I'm obviously not Chavi. I'm not making those decisions. It will be really fun and interesting to watch the rest of this preseason 
as everything full, uh, unfolds with this team and who's going to be on it, who's not, uh, and what the uh, you know the initial lineup for Barca's you know first game regular season La, La Liga game uh, takes place and see what that roster looks like. But regardless, we know at the end of the day we got a baller sitting there in, in little Fermín López. Um, again, I'm rooting for him. I, I hope he does make this first team. And uh, I just, like I said in the beginning, I just love players like him that, you know, kiss the badge. You could, like I said, you could just tell he was, you know, coming to tears, you know, what he did and, and love the club and just have had to fight, uh, had overcome adversity, you know, throughout their throughout their playing days and just have that goal in mind and will do anything to, to, to get that goal. So as soon as he has a, kit coming out <laughs> in those Barca colors for this season. I'm going to get a white, the new uh, uh, road kit, the new away kit, the white one with his number on it. So I'm hoping that uh, he makes it on the first team. So he's got a fan in me. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to look forward to watching him. Okay, second topic of the day, Usman Dembele. All of a sudden, Hell is broken loose here on Twitter in the last 24 to 48 hours. And, uh, I mean, a lot of things have been said, right? Like like you would expect is happening. There's a ton of a ton of things being written on, on social media. There's a ton of reactions happening. Um, but here's the latest as we know it as of today. The latest that I saw now is Barca has given Dembele and PSG five days, five days to start negotiating for his transfer. It, according to Fabrizio, sounds like the deal is done between Dembele and PSG. Deal is signed till I believe 2028, salary, all that. The problem comes down to that, you know, if you're not aware of the arrangement that Barcelona had with Dembele, he had a release clause of 50 million that ended today and um, or ended yesterday I'm sorry and then today it, it jumped up to 100 million and that was part of the the deal that Dembele signed when he renewed um, I don't remember when his renewal was last year uh, probably sometime and so uh, and then when it and then when with that, let's say if they would have gotten and gotten in the uh, release clause, the funds in yesterday, the fifty million, the the arrangement was is that Dembele and his agent got half of that, and Barcelona got the other half. So once you once you take into those figures, take into taxes and into consideration, I think Barcelona would have got like something like eighteen or nineteen million euros. So not much. Not much for a player that they spent 140 million euros on. Um, but again, that did not happen. And so that fee has gone up to 100 million is the release clause on that deal. And so Dembele has, has um, supposedly, again through Twitter, said, uh, we're not, we are not going to do the 50 million, that that's not right for Barcelona. Um, but we, they probably want to come in, into a figure between that 50 million and that 100 million as well. We'll see what happens. If I'm Barcelona, I'm I'm holding still at, at that 100 million. That's what our sale price is. That's what the con- contractual arrangement was, and that's what we're we're going to do. Now, I don't think that I've talked about Dembele that much on here since I usually cover 
the youth the youth uh, teams for Barcelona. But I'm not a big fan of Dembele. I never have been from the very get go. I never have been. Yes, does he have a high level of potential? Absolutely, and he always has, right? And he always has, and that's why we dropped 140 million euros to take him from Dortmund to Barcelona because of the potential. <clears throat> Is he fast, pacey, exciting? Absolutely. He certainly is. He certainly is. He can get the ball up the pitch quickly. He certainly has the pace to do so. But then here's where my problems lie. What does he do with it once it's up there? How many times have we have we given Dembele the ball to go up that right side only for him to maybe do a flashy move, right? Like he can do that, right? He usually will cut to the left or cut to the right and then make a move. If he cuts to the right, he's running to the to the end line to try to do a cross. If he cuts to the left, he usually dribbles into the left. And he'll do two things. He'll take a shot, which not many of them have went in, or he'll cut again to the right and try to do a pass. And, and again, if he takes a shot, he hasn't scored that many times. Not for $140 million, you know, 140 million euro, excuse me, transfer fee. And his crosses are, are usually not on point. Now, he did have a decent amount of assists last year, right? At one point in time, before he got injured, which we'll talk about in a minute, I think he was leading La Liga in assists with like seven or eight, something like that. So, yeah, that's all and well, but Rafinha gave us that already. We're already overloaded on that right side. And Rafinha can do the exact same thing, if not more, right? Because his playing time was minimal, while Dembele was uh, playing, and then when Dembele got hurt, Rafinha came in and stepped in, and I think did a fantastic job. Was he perfect? No. Does he have room for improvement? Yes. Will he get better the more time on the pitch? Absolutely. But Dembele, talking about injuries, I saw a stat of all the games that he's been here. He's played 180 in 189 matches and been out injured for 119 matches. I believe those are the numbers. If those aren't the exact ones, they're pretty close. So a little more than half of the time that he's been here, he's played. A little under half, he's been injured, right? And even this past this past spring, it was supposed to be like a three to four week injury, and it turned out to be like two to three months. Um, luckily, it didn't change anything. We were already out of the Champions League at that point. You know, the, the league we won, we won La Liga, so it didn't change things. But again, you're talking about a kid that we paid 140 million euros for, and we had all the issues with him, you know, being late for practices because he's playing video games. And then once we get him going and get him on the right path via Xavi, who Xavi, who has absolutely been in his favor. I mean, I, beyond more than he should be, right? He had said many of things about... Dembele that I thought were way above and beyond, especially when you got another player, Rafinha, sitting there waiting and they're fighting for competition. To sit there and say Dembele can be the greatest player of his position, I just thought was really stupid. I mean, let's be honest. It was really dumb. Like, when you have competition and and you're utilizing that competition to get the best out of players, you cannot sit there and say one's better than the other. Uh, and then and then baby him the way that they have, right? So, um, and then you had his agent is- issues. His agent is a jackass. 
in the way that uh, that he went about things for his last contract renewal uh, at that point in time in the WhatsApp group, I was like, let this, let this joker go. Like, let's let him go. Cut him loose. We don't need him. We'll be just fine without him. Like I said, the stats show that we'll be just fine without him. We'll get the same amount of production, if not more, out of Rafinha. And here we are again. You know, we just finished this El Clasico, and then all of a sudden this this stuff hits the, the following morning that he's on his way to PSG. Mind you, this was after he just told, it was in an interview, and said he only dreams of winning the Champions League with Barcelona. So again, to me, I want to go so far as to say it's a backstabbing because when you have somebody like him that's done all of these questionable things along the way, it's kind of something that you come to believe would happen or you start to, you know, you you... It's not that surprising, I guess, when you're when you're talking about Dembele. And then again, we had all these things going on. They're going to try to sign in, or close and pay the $50 million by the end of the day yesterday. They're not going to. He's not sure if he's going. They're down in Dallas uh, yesterday, and, you know, all the players uh, went out the prior day. He didn't go out with anybody. The, they had they had breakfast yesterday morning. He didn't come down to breakfast. He stayed in his room. You know, supposedly Chavi was talking to him, trying to change his mind. Uh, blah blah blah. I, I mean, we don't. Barcelona doesn't have a relationship with PSG, and they shouldn't after the whole entire um, Neymar incident, anyway. So it's not on good footing. If it was up to me, like I said, I'm holding ground on that hundred million. Pay the hundred million, or or what? Uh, again, that's risky because the the player could just sit out and and not sign for or not renew with us and go for free. Um, but you at least have to make sure that PSG knows that that you're serious. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. Happy to be back. We took off, you know, the better part of the month um, uh, just to to uh, relax and revamp. We're ready to go for another fantastic year of Barca talk. And uh, hopefully you guys are, are ready uh, to listen to us. Um, you know, once this preseason gets done and Barcelona comes back, back into town and we, and we prepare for the season, uh, not in Camp Nou. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. But I look forward to, all of the team looks forward to bringing you content this year. Uh, and again, thanks so much for listening to us. Visca Barca. Podcast Network.